Do you wish that all things wealth and finance were much easier to understand and not presented by a bunch of beige cardigan-wearing geeks? Welcome to the Clever Investor Podcast, where we're dishing up the easiest-to-understand finance program served in bite-sized chunks, so your brain will thank you as your knowledge grows. Hosted by the brilliant Owen Taylor, a multiple award-winning expert with a glorious knack for explaining the complex world of wealth in the simplest of ways. Hey, Clever Investors, and welcome back to another show. This is actually going to be a two-part show because I promised you that these would never, ever be any longer than 20 minutes to make it bite-sized, to make it easy to understand. So today's show, I'm just going to take you through the basics of properties and the basics of share investing. Should you invest in property or shares or maybe a little bit of both? Which investment category is right for you at any point in your life is going to depend on your current financial circumstances and really what your goals are. I highly recommend that you sit down and talk your own individual circumstances out with your various different financial experts, not just a financial advisor. Talk to a mortgage broker too have a chat with your accountant. They're all going to have their own different opinions and you need to take some of that on board. You don't have to go through life just being one-eyed about one or the other. I've met plenty of people like that over the years and I think that's really limiting. Um, There's advantages and disadvantages to both categories. So let's have a look. Properties and shares will provide you or can provide you with an opportunity to get some capital growth, um, get some more income uh, or maybe to replace what your what your job income is. Now, as an example, the value of property can increase over time and it can also then be potentially rented out to tenants and that's going to generate some income for you. At the same time, the value of shares can increase over time and you can potentially receive some income. Now, that's known as dividends. I've talked about that before. And dividends are basically the distributions from company profits. Of course, the opposite can be true of both of these. The value of property and shares can potentially drop over time. And in a worst case scenario, the value of property can potentially fall and the value of your shares can be wiped out completely if a company goes bust. Share values are more volatile and fluctuate daily. Property values, on the other hand, tend to be a bit more of a stable environment. However, if we're looking at property and an owner-occupied property, that doesn't generate any income for you. There's the potential that you won't always be able to find tenants for a property that that you have got. In a similar circumstance, dividends are really not guaranteed. If the company or organisation that you've bought your shares in doesn't turn a profit, you're Unlikely, well, it's virtually impossible that you're actually going to receive any dividend income from those shares. 
Now let's take a moment just to have a look at some of the basics of property investment. If you want to invest in property, you have two broad options. You've either got residential property or commercial property. So let's have a look at residential property first of all. Now this includes owner-occupied property, what you're living in, as well as properties that you're going to tenant out. Commercial property is property which is going to be used by businesses with the goal of that business to make money. The examples of commercial uh, property is uh, offices, uh, you've got uh, retail shops, uh, industrial and, and factory spaces. There's an old saying that the three most important factors in real estate are location, location, location. And residential properties in good locations will always have the best capital growth and rental income prospects. Good property locations tend to have four main characteristics. So the first one is they need to be close to where a lot of people work. They also need to be near schools and universities, seats of learning, especially around schools. Parents will move for great school locations. They need to also be near good public transport. They need to be near, uh, not necessarily shopping centres, but that can be an advantage, but shopping hubs. It could be a, a, a well-known main street area. There's also got to be entertainment for the people that live in and around this area and recreation. So your sporting fields, um, not necessarily gyms because gyms can sort of start and, and shut down, but sporting fields, swimming pools, they also need to have a good reputation. So low crime and low unemployment figures or good job prospects around the area. Now, if we're looking at commercial property, then ideally they need to be in a, uh, a high traffic area, something that's going to attract customers for the businesses that are going to locate there. They also need to be surrounded by complementary businesses. So if you've got a a metal fabrication business and there's a uh, th there's an iron yard down the road or a smelting works that's complementary businesses many investors like property because it's tangible uh, you can touch it feel it you can also make improvements to your property as well so it can be renovations it could be further extending the property it might be knocking down the three houses that are on that block and building apartments so you've therefore got greater control over property assets than you have with shares these days it's really easy to start to do some research. I've talked about this before though, You, the, the, the problem with a lot of home researchers, a lot of Google researchers, is actually understanding the data and is it correct to the area, is it um, valid information. Now let's have a look at what the basics then of investing in shares are. Unlike property, shares are intangible. You can't actually touch or feel them. So we're relying on the performance of the company that we're investing into to give us some financial returns. 
you've got to make sure that the managers, the staff, the CEO, they're, they're all on the page of actually wanting to grow this business and make a profit within the business. If you want to invest in shares, there are two basic ways to do it. You can buy shares in a publicly listed company on the Australian Securities Exchange, the ASX. You've got two options when you're buying the shares. You can either buy them directly yourself or you can invest in a managed fund. Now, a managed fund, your money is pooled with that of a group of other people and you rely on the fund manager to buy and sell shares on your behalf. As the word describes, they're the the manager of this. You get charged management and, and admin fees. As you can expect, somebody's doing this work for you. They, they've got to earn a living as well. And they'll typically invest in a fairly wide range of shares. So allowing you to spread your investment risk a lot easier. Because they have this pool of funds, they can invest in more companies in a wider range of industries. And if shares in some companies aren't performing well, they can offset this by investing into other companies. So it's it's under the heading then of uh, lowering your risk, spreading your risk. And this type of investment strategy is known as diversification. Managed funds suit what we refer to as passive investors who like to let their fund manager make all of the investment decisions. Now, the flip side of that, though, is if you want to take control, you can buy and sell shares yourself as an individual. But you do need to be an active investor and you've got to be prepared to put the time in, do the research on the companies, how they're performing. I've known a lot of people that have tried buying and trading their own individual shares uh, it can become frustrating after a while. You do, if you're not somebody that's good at sticking at something long term, I'll be bold here and say it's probably not something that you should look at. Maybe look at the the managed fund side of things here. Many investors simply just don't have the time or the the expertise to study the markets effectively, and also know when to when to buy the shares. Ideally, you want to buy the shares when they're on the way up and you want to sell them just as they're on the way down. So you're not buying and selling at tops and bottoms of markets. There are 10 sectors or categories of companies on the ASX. And let me give you a quick rundown of what they are. So the first one is the consumer discretionary. These are companies that tend to be sensitive to changes in economic conditions. A lot of these are the retail sectors. Number two is the consumer staples. So these ones, in contrast, tend to be resilient to economic cycles. These are the food and the beverage companies. Number three is energy. So these are the ones that are involved in not only exploring for where oil and gas and coal are, but also transporting these items. Number four are the financial companies, the banks, the insurance companies, the investment companies. Number five is healthcare. So what we mean by that is not just the healthcare services, so the 
private hospitals and, and such, but also the pharmaceutical companies. Number six is industrial. These are the companies that are involved in the manufacturing and the distribution of physical goods. Number seven is information technology, so computer software and hardware companies. Number eight is materials. These companies are involved in the manufacturing of those commodities. So your, your glass, paper, and steel manufacturing. Number nine is telecommunication. So mobile phone, your fixed line phone, but also your internet providers. And the last one, number 10, is utilities. These are the companies that are distributing your power, your gas, or your water to you. Now, that's the end of this first part of the show, shares versus property. What we're going to do on the next show is then look at the historical performances of the property market in Australia and also the performance of the share market as well. So thanks for tuning in and I'll see you again for part two of this show next week. You have been listening to the Clever Investor Podcast, a weekly podcast dishing up the easiest to understand finance program served in bite-sized chunks. So your brain will thank you as your knowledge grows. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love you to leave a review. It's the best way for us to reach new listeners. 